Hey, what's up, guys? Hope you're having a great week and you're excited about the big fight this weekend between Javante Tank Davis and Ryan Kingright Garcia. I'm going to give you guys my thoughts and break it all down here. The good, the bad, the ugly, and what to expect. Um, I got to say, you know, uh, this is a pretty big fight and it's nice to have a big fight to talk about. It feels like it feels like it's been a while. And um, I get it. Globally, this may not be a big fight on, on the world scale, but here in the United States, it is. It's a big matchup because these two fighters, you can make an argument that Tank and King Rai are the two most popular of all the young up-and-coming American contenders. And, you know, I, I use the word contender for a reason to describe these two. I'm not going to go into a whole diatribe uh, comparing their accomplishments to fighters of the past. I'm not going to go there, but I know some people on Twitter, particularly the Tank Davis cult, they got really upset at me when I used the word contender to describe both these fighters. And they said, you know, Tank's a 15 division champion, blah, 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 all the stuff that Showtime crams down your throat. Listen, these two guys basically compete at 135 and 140, right? I, I was just, I have their resumes pulled up here. Um, King Rai's last two fights uh, were at 140. Uh, Tank's last three fights were at 135, and then he had a fight before that at 140. So these two fighters are at 135 and 140. Well, the actual champion at 135 right now is Devin Haney, and that's you can't dispute that. The actual champion at 140 is Josh Taylor, right? And you can't dispute that either. I don't care what the sanctioning organizations say. So that's why I'm referring to these two fighters as contenders. I don't give a damn what the WBA has to say, the WBC, whatever. Okay, I just had to get that out of the way. All right, anyway, uh, let's chop it up, man. Let's chop it up. Let's start with the intangibles here. Um, Ryan Garcia, four years younger, and his career is three or four years uh, newer. I think um, Tank started in 2013. So Tank has been a pro for a decade. And for Garcia, I think it was 2016, 2017, he started uh, his pro career. He's 24 years old. Gervonta is uh, 28, going on 29. Garcia is 5'10". Gervonta Davis is listed as 5'5". Five five. He's probably more like 5'4". He's a very little man. Uh, Garcia, 70-inch reach. And Gervonta Davis, I do believe, let me double-check this, but I think it's a 67-inch, yeah, 67-inch reach. So, Let's start with that. I mean, obviously, guys, <clears throat> the experience factor here, the experience advantage goes to, to Tank. He's been fighting longer as a pro, and he's faced the better opposition overall as a pro. Both of these guys have fairly weak resumes. Um, I've been highly critical of Javante Davis's resume because he's marketed as a pound-for-pound -pound fighter, the, the champion and all this, and a pay-per-view fighter, and his resume just does not back that up. But the, the truth is both of these fighters have limited resumes. I think Garcia gets a bit of a pass because he's younger. Like I said, he's only 24. So uh, he gets a bit more of a pass. But Tank has fought the better opposition overall. I do agree with that. And so he has the experience factor. But the size advantage, obviously, goes to Ryan Garcia. He is the taller, longer fighter, and he uses his height pretty well. Um, he doesn't move his head a whole lot, but he really hasn't had too much in his career because he's usually the taller fighter, and he does use his height and his length pretty well. Uh, Luke Campbell called him, dropped him. Um, Luke Campbell, very good fighter, very crafty, very underrated fighter here in the United States. Uh, but, you know, to his credit, Garcia got up and came back and finished that fight and finished it by stoppage. 
So, um, okay. The height advantage, the reach advantage, the size advantage obviously goes to, to Garcia, but you have to negate a lot of that because of the clauses, right? There's the catch weight. We'll start with that. 136 pounds. Ryan Garcia has that weighed 136 since uh, 2021 when he fought Luke Campbell and he was dropped in that fight, as I mentioned before. He's a little flat-footed in that fight for a while. Since that time, these last two years, he has been uh, at 140. So, so this is gonna he's gonna have to squeeze down to an unnatural weight at this time in his life. And on top of that, there's a rehydration clause. So he can only rehydrate so much. And I know a lot of you guys out there are saying that's not a big deal. Well, listen, any of you who have ever competed in sports, okay, and we'll we'll take combat sports out of it. Let's just stick with running, okay? If you've ran a half marathon, and I've ran several of them, going back to my time in the Marine Corps, the what, 13 miles? A professional prize fight is 12 rounds. So if one round equals a mile, it's pretty much a half marathon. Let's just say that, okay? Imagine running a half marathon and the night before you really wanted to eat pasta, but you had a rehydration clause. So you had to eat veggies. And the morning of, you wanted to drink a lot of water. You wanted to drink like a gallon of water and some Gatorade and get some, you know, electrolytes and sugar in your system and all that. But you couldn't because you had a rehydration clause. So you wanted to drink this much water you can only drink that much. You wanted to eat this much food, you can only eat that much. Are you going to feel 100% when you run the race? No. Are you going to be able to get through it? Are you going to be able to do it? Yes, because you've prepared. You've prepared and you can do the race. Are you going to run your best time? No, you won't. So I mentioned that because it is a factor here. Um, Ryan Garcia fans seem to think this is all mind games and, and he's been saying that he's on weight. He's been on weight for several weeks. If that is true, then he may very well be coming into this fight overtrained. I don't know what to think, but we'll find out. I will say this, the negotiations of this fight were, were quite one-sided in that one side made pretty much all the demands. The other side pretty much made all the concessions. Ryan Garcia's team agreed to all this stuff. So you really don't get to bitch and complain and moan about it. And they haven't to their credit, but um, you don't get to do that when you sign the dotted line, right? They agreed to do this. Uh, so they're either going to look like absolute geniuses if they pull this off and they beat Tank Davis, or they're going to look like fools if they come up short. And, and if they lose big, I think they'll look like fools. I will say this too. If it's a close fight, 115, 113, you know, somewhere in that range, whoever wins, I do think it elevates both fighters. And I hope that's what we get. Regardless of the outcome, I hope we get a really close competitive fight that I do see a distance fight. I do think this is going to all 12. But if we have a really close one and it's maybe it's controversial and the fans are split on who should have won, blah, 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 that's probably the best case scenario here. It elevates both men, regardless of who wins and loses, and it sets them up down the line for a rematch, a very lucrative rematch. So uh, that would be the best case scenario here. But going back to the hydration clause and the negotiations, Javante uh, Davis fans are saying, well, he's the A-side, and he's just flexing his muscle. 
He's just telling the B-side what to do because he can do that. Okay, if you want to believe that, go ahead. That, but that's fantasy land bullshit. The truth is they wanted to weaken this guy because they didn't feel comfortable fighting him at full strength. That's it. When you not only drain a fighter with a catch weight, but deplete them with a rehydration clause, you're mandating basically what they can eat and drink before a fight. Um, you're trying to weaken them to a degree. You don't want them at 100%. That says something about your psyche going into a fight. This isn't some negotiation thing saying like, you know, I want these gloves and not those gloves, or I want this size ring and not that size, or I'm coming, I'm doing my ring walk first, or I'm getting my name announced last, all that stuff. That's all A side, B side bravado nonsense, right? But in this case, especially when Gervonta Davis had no issue fighting Mario Barrios for a quote unquote title fight, it wasn't, but that's how it was marketed. Uh, that was at 140. There was no rehydration clause. There were no clauses in that contract, right? You had no problem. That's why this is kind of a, not the best look for Tank, in my opinion, regarding the catch weight and all that. Because he had no issue fighting at 140 before. That being said, as I mentioned before, Garcia signed on the dotted line. He agreed to this. So if he ends up getting stopped in this fight or he gets blown out or he doesn't look very good, he can't say, oh, well, I was drained. Uh, it's only because, you know, dude, you signed up for it. You agreed to this. So now, you know, it's all on the line and you got to show up. As far as pressure, I think all the pressure is on Javante Tank Davis in this fight. He is technically the A-side, the commercial A-side. Um, I don't think he's honestly that much more popular than Ryan Garcia. I actually think Ryan Garcia is probably more popular. There are probably more people in the world who knows who he is than know who Javante Davis is. But in the boxing world, with diehard boxing fans, Javante Davis has done more business and in more markets. So he is the A-side. He's carrying the promotion. This is a PBC-led promotion. It's not a, it's not a co-promotion. Golden Boy's involved because they represent Ryan Garcia, but they had to acquiesce control. This, this is a PBC-run promotion, top to bottom, all right? So that means Tank's team is running the show. It, the onus is on him to get a big win here. And anything less than a big, decisive win for, for uh, Tank is going to hurt his, his brand a little bit. Um, especially when you have all the clauses I talked about, the rehydration clause and all that kind of stuff, right? So I would say all the pressure going in is on Team Tank. If you're Ryan Garcia, let's talk about some X's and O's here. If you're Ryan Garcia, obviously you want to use that height and length that I talked about, right? Stay long, stay behind the jab, pump a jab in Tank's face. Don't give him anything to counter. Tank Davis is a natural counter puncher. He likes to stalk. He likes to catch and shoot, catch, shoot, right? Um, everyone remembers his knockout of uh, Leo Santa Cruz. We had Leo on the ropes and he let Leo throw a couple right hands. And then he timed the last one and shot that right rear uppercut. It was a beauty. That's probably his best punch, Gervonta's best punch. And, um, you know, obviously that's what he wants to do against Garcia is kind of stalk forward, catch some, some shots, and then throw those looping punches underneath and above uh, Ryan's guard. If you're Ryan, don't let him do that. It, it's it's easy to counter a right hand if you can slip it. It's easy to counter a hook if you can get under it. 
it's hard to counter a jab. The, the jab is the hardest punch to counter when someone's doing it effectively and they're throwing it in twos and threes and fours and you're throwing it at different velocities and speeds, um, different angles. It's really, really difficult to counter. There's just not much there. It's, it, it's, it's almost impossible to throw a right-hand counter off a jab or a hook uh, if the fighter's doing it properly and at the right length, especially when you're punching up like almost six inches like Tank will be. So if Ryan Garcia can stay long, just pump the jab, don't worry about a right hand early on. You could hook off the jab occasionally, try to loop something around the guard. If uh, Tank's covering up in the middle, you can loop something around. But man, just pump the jab. And if if uh, Tank gets close, Ryan needs to just hold him. I know you guys don't want to hear that, but it is a part of boxing. And um, some of you guys might groan when I say this, but uh, Ryan Garcia needs to take a page out of Devin Haney's playbook in this fight. Uh, sorry, I hate to say that, but um, the, the clinching and the holding and, and the positioning that Devin Haney uses on the inside, that is what um, helps him win fights you know, against really competitive uh, opposition. And that's what Ryan Garcia, obviously he doesn't fight exactly like Devin Haney. I'm not trying to suggest that. I'm just saying sometimes he's going to have to hold and he's going to have to get on Tank's shoulder and move him and then jab off. And if he can keep that going for 12 rounds, he can win this fight. That's the question. Can Garcia keep it up for 12 rounds, especially considering the clauses I mentioned before? That is what remains to be seen. For Gervonta Davis, it's the exact opposite. You want to stalk forward. You want to get underneath Ryan Garcia's punches. You want to faint a lot to get your way in. Faint, try to get him to shoot off your feints. He's going to pump that jab off your feints and then counter. Get around the shots. Move your head. Get underneath. Get low. Use angles. Use spacing. Get inside and work the body. This dude, he's depleted. He's not at 100%. His weight is drained. Pound that body. Get him to lower that guard, then loop the shots up top. Another thing Tank could do is he could throw a lot of overhand rights early on and get Ryan Garcia to get that left hand up on his temple to, to catch those right hands. And then when he's got him thinking about that looping right hand, shoot that rear right uppercut. Faint the, the looping right hand and shoot that rear right uppercut. Uh, he could get something done with that later in the fight for sure. So that will be there. Um, that's what I see between these two. Um <clears throat> Let's talk about some X factors. I already talked about the weight stuff, but the A side, B side thing. There's an element to this that, that a lot of people aren't talking about here. This fight is in Las Vegas. It's in Nevada, right? Nevada is a house fighter commission. Has been for years. More so than any other big commission in the sport, I would say. Nevada almost always favors the house fighter, the house attraction, the commercial A-side in close fights, close rounds. I don't even have to name examples. You guys already know several examples. I, you know, so, so like I can list, have a laundry list of examples of that. That obviously favors Javante Davis big time here. You have to assume that close rounds are going to go his way. I'm going to add an extra wrinkle to that. That again, people aren't talking about. Tank is a Mayweather fighter. 
Javante Davis is a Floyd Mayweather fighter. He is his top fighter, the only fighter in his promotional stable that has broken through at all. He is basically the entire company, Mayweather Promotions, other than Floyd. So Floyd Mayweather runs the Nevada Commission. He's basically the co-chairman with Bob Bennett. He probably tells Bob Bennett what to do. Floyd has ran that commission for years. The last however many years of his career, that's why he refused to fight outside of Nevada. He made everybody come there because he ran that state. Guys, don't forget, the state of Nevada delayed Floyd Mayweather's jail sentence for beating a woman so that he could get in the ring and do a fight and generate some income for the state. Imagine the power and privilege and influence a person has if they will delay your prison sentence so you can go to work and make a little bit of money. That's what they did for this man, okay? Um, so he, he's definitely sitting up high, okay, on the throne in Nevada. Javante Davis is his fighter. Don't shoot the messenger if we end up getting some controversy on the scorecards, okay? Um, prediction time. If this fight were at 140 pounds with no catch weight, no clauses, no, no rehydration, none of this crap, I would favor Ryan Garcia by decision pretty decisively. 116-112, 117-111. I think it'd be somewhere in that range. Possible late stoppage for Ryan Garcia. But probably distance, like, like I said, 116-112. That's, that's how I'd see it. But with the, the rehydration, the catch weight, it just makes me, and everything I just mentioned about this being Nevada and the way Nevada does business, I'm going to go with Gervonta Davis by decision. It might be controversial. People may not agree with it. People may feel Ryan Garcia got ripped off. But I just got a feeling that later in the fight, Garcia is going to slow down just enough to where Tank catches him and maybe puts him down or hurts him or cuts him. Something to change the momentum of the fight late. I, I do think Garcia can hold on and, and, and finish the fight. I, I do see a distance fight. By the way, I, I, I do not think this is going to be like an action-packed brawl like some a lot of the casual fans are expecting. You guys are going to be disappointed. This is going to be fought at a technical pace. Both fighters know they're going in against the best opponent they have ever faced. It's the first real test for either fighter in their entire professional career. And they know that. Um, so they're going to fight that way. We've seen both fighters get hit with shots they shouldn't have been hit with in the past. You know, people have said that Tank has a leaky defense. I think Tank's defense is going to surprise people in this fight. I think he'll actually, actually be a lot more technically sound because they know what they're in against. He's being tested for the first time. And same with Ryan Garcia. So I expect a distance fight fought at a technical pace with some bursts of action here or there. High tension, but in the end, I, I think Javante Davis wins a possibly controversial decision. And I will say this one last time. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned this before or not, but if it's close, it elevates both men. If um, if Tank loses, or if, if Garcia loses big, he's going to look like a fool, and his team will look like fools for, for giving into every single demand that Tank made. If Tank loses big, He's going to look like a fool because you made all these demands. You drain this guy and he still beat you. 
best case scenario for both fighters, win, lose, or draw, is that we get a very close, very competitive fight. And perhaps, you know, the scores, maybe it's a split decision, something like that, uh, to where fans complain or, or argue, I should say, about who they think won. And it sets up a lucrative rematch. That's the best thing that could happen here for these two guys. We need these young fighters to face each other and create rivalries. These guys need to be fighting each other two, three, four times like the, the, the Kings did back in the 80s. Right? That's the kind of thing that we need. All right, guys, let me know what you think. Uh, enjoy the fight this weekend, and we'll talk about it later. I'll see you at the fights. Peace.